0: and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the Agents of Edgewatch.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat and our brand new podcast, Agents of Edgewatch i'm your GM and host steven glicker and this is the introduction to the brand new agents of edgewatch podcast where we're going to be playing well the agents of edgewatch adventure path it's going to be coming out on a weekly basis and we are planning to run the entire adventure from chapter one where you start off at level one all the way to chapter six where you end up at level 20 and for those who don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the pathfinder second edition rule set made by paizo this is a pathfinder adventure path and we are going to be running it for you and the crew that we have assembled are well they're veterans longtime veterans of not only role-playing games but of role for combat you've heard them on other podcasts and other adventures but when we saw this adventure we thought to ourselves you know what This is unlike anything we've ever seen before. We've played pretty much everything under the sun. We've killed dragons, titans, gods, conquered hell, defeated heaven, you name it, we've done it. But this one is different. This one, you play a lowly beat officer. You have a boss and someone to report to. You actually aren't the hero at the start. You are nothing more than a lowly cop, walking a beat, helping out citizens in the city of Absalon. And we even had to come up with a whole new methodology for playing because one interesting thing about Pathfinder is that the entire system is geared for you to defeat monsters to earn loot. So how do you earn loot if you are always the good guy? We've tried this before in the past, and it's failed horribly, quite frankly. But tenth time is the charm, as they like to say, and I think we finally figured it out. We added a couple of different rules. So if you also are playing the Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path, you can listen and hear how I adjusted the rules. I added something brand new called the Lawbreaker Badge, which you'll hear in the first episode, which sort of helps out the officers do their job, be on the side of right while still earning coin and loot all within the realm of lawful good. But before we get into that, let's introduce all of the players and who will be playing this adventure path. First up, we have John Stats. You want to tell us all about your character, John?
2: My name is John Stats, and I'll be playing Cadet Dougie McDougal. Now, Dougie is a product of a sheltered childhood, and he knows basically everything from what he's read with old dated uh, cadet manuals and kind of holds himself to a really odd, contrived standards. And he carries around a whole bunch of crazy books like The Trainee's Guide to Moral Certainty. And he quotes from these things as if everybody is just going to go along with him. So he's a particularly ineffective, uh, uncharismatic law enforcer. So he's going to start out also with uh, no items or equipment. And he's just gonna charge into battle i'm not going to tell you exactly what uh class he's going to be but uh that'll be fun to see what happens
1: and he's uh he's a human is
2: that correct yes he's a human and yeah he's a uh human and he is also very strong strangely sl- so uh he's a uh, he's a he's a bit of a a dough boy he's a little round but he's very very strong uh, and it might be from his family family's uh bloodline Uh, We might uh, find out that out later on in the adventure. So that's Dougie McDougall.
1: Next up, we have Jason McDonald, who will be playing one of the non-humans. In fact, everyone after Dougie is non-human, which is very exciting for me because I like to mix it up. What are you playing, Jason? Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Jason McDonald. I am playing Basil Blackfeather. He is a Tengu investigator. Tengu are bird people if you're new to Pathfinder. He is the son of a kind of influential, you know, power couple of Absalom. Uh, His dad runs a kind of well-known tobacco farm and store in the capital, and his mother is a a lawyer who later became a judge. He was following his mom into the law, but he's decided he wants to kind of do more good on the streets. So he's taken a break from law school and decided to uh, try his hand at being an agent of Edgewatch. Uh, and sort of the real-life influences on this are, you know, kind of the whole, you know, gentleman detective thing, like Sherlock Holmes, Lord Peter Wimsey, Poirot a little bit. So that's who he is. Next up we have Chris Beamer, who is going to be playing an oldie but goodie.
3: Yes. So I also wanted to try out some new stuff from the Advanced Player's Guide. And normally I tend to stick towards more of the spellcast-y cloth-wearer types. But one of my favorites has always been the Monk. And the Monk has gotten a lot of love, I think, in the Advanced Player's Guide compared to previous versions of Pathfinder. and uh, And also, you know, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition in general, it's gotten a lot better. So I'm going to be trying that out. Be playing Lo Mang, who is an orc, a full-fledged orc, which is also out of the Advanced Player's Guide. I want to try and experiment with all, all the new stuff. He has a versatile heritage, so he is actually part diabolical and tiefling, so an orc tiefling muck should be fun. He a little bit of his background is he was in an orc tribe. They they liked his diabolical features made him stronger and faster than a lot of the other warriors, was involved in orc things, came across a party of good knights and adventurers, Um, had some issues. He was bested by someone named Thorgrim the Lion and was beaten and uh, almost dead uh, but spared because Thorgrim thought he could be redeemed. And so sure enough, he was carried off to a monastery where he a temple really a Ma- the Mang Temple, where he studied martial arts and inner peace, and vowed to do good in the world. And figured that the best place to start out with that is to join the force and uh, become an officer of the Watch, and uh, see that if he can you know make a difference in this world for the good. So that is Lo Mang, Crane
1: Style Monk. Your ex character beat. Your current character. So you actually have like crossing the streams here with all your characters.
3: That is correct. Yeah, because my because Thorgrim the Lion was level two. So.
1: <laughs> it's the Chris Beamer multiverse. Exactly. Or it's the role for combat multiverse because we're starting to cross over between Cheddar appearing in almost every podcast and Old Woody and other aspects. Every, if you listen to the other Roll for Combat podcast, you're going to start hearing things leaking between all the shows. But with that, we get to, last but not least, Seth Lipton, who is playing another oldie but goodie.
4: Yes, the, Gomez is a goblin. Uh, I played a goblin in the, in the uh, other uh, adventure as well. Are they related? They're both goblin sorcerers. What does that mean? I don't know. But this goblin, Gomez, was uh, uh, also a sorcerer. He has the same backstory as uh, an old 1970s uh, Clint Eastwood movie, The Gauntlet, where in that he played a uh, like a like kind of a washed-up uh, police officer, but in that he gives, in a monologue, he gives his backstory. And his backstory is he was once a uh, street thug. That then uh, had a change of heart and realized that uh, police were the only one that stood for anything, and so then joined the police force with an ambition to break the big case and you know and, uh, and achieve success. And uh, Gomez had uh, has a parallel origin. He was a goblin of the streets, and that then was recruited into Edge Watch, and now uh, has cleaned up his act, and he's got. Uh, In Dragnet, there's uh, Joe Friday, but his sidekick was uh, played by Harry Morgan. And uh, if anybody remembers M.A.S.H., that's where he ended up. But he's kind of got that attitude. So if you imagine a mix between sort of a Joe Friday, Dragnet sort of character with the appearance of kind of a goblin sort of Gomez Adams, Peter Lorre sort of character, then you can kind of get a feel for uh, what Gomez is like i'm very interested is like it's very interesting about tool of the uh the brooch the uh what's that what's that brooch called the lawbreaker badge yeah it's very interesting because 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 this campaign it doesn't go in a direction of uh judge dread it is not we are not judge jury and executioner it's like we're, we're basically the cops and kind of a ba- court bailiff whereas this magic item is the judge and the jury and dispenses out the actual justice like we just do the apprehension and so that that element is uh, is very intriguing and i'm very looking forward to seeing how that uh take plays onto a normal uh dnd fight encounters beat them yeah you know, you know, like prog- find a story progress it and see how that, how that structure uh, overlays with us
1: that actually leads right into the next thing i wanted to discuss which is why we're doing Agents of Edgewatch as opposed to any of the other million adventure paths out there. And one thing I do is I read all the adventure paths before I decide to run them. And I read this one and I have to say, the story is just fascinating. I think they did a really, really good job with the story. It does cover a lot of fun tropes that you've seen over the years, like Ocean's Eleven. And I don't want to give out too many spoilers, but just think of the most popular kind of heist or crime type movies and there's that in this adventure path and one thing is it's new like we have seen it all when you've been playing as long as we have which is red box dungeons and dragons if not even earlier you get kind of bored and you kind of need things to get mixed up which is one of the reasons we even tried Starfinder because it was different and we even did things like iron gods and we are really just looking for new adventures that go outside the box and this is so fascinating because it's the script is flipped it's almost like the pcs are dungeon masters and i am the pcs because you have to do things like break up fights between adventurers or break up battles. And you have to be very reserved in what you do. You can't be the hero setting adventurers that go about and break everything and leave 10, 15, 20 corpses and then let the locals handle it. You are the locals, you have to handle it. So you have to be very conscious of your actions and be very careful what you say and what you do because you're now a public figure and quite frankly, I don't think I've ever seen an adventure that does that. And I felt they did it really well. So I'm curious to see what you guys think of this flip.
4: Yeah, I'm very looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm, it's very intriguing. I'm very looking forward to it. I, I am waiting for I do wonder how the story will commence because cause I could see uh, a number of the adventures being very encounter this, encounter that, kind of like you're, we're just cops on the street. But eventually, it's gonna it's gonna hook into something because uh, adventure paths always do, and there'll be an overarching theme. And um, I'm very looking forward to seeing what that will be with this, and what our roles in that will be.
3: Also, the uh, you know the concept of the non-lethal combat, where um, you know, as uh, you know, we're trying to enforce the law and keep the peace, and you know, it's not like you know, murder hobos that usually have in, in uh, you know, general adventurers going out to rob tombs. And just destroying anything on their path and looting, and so this is, um, you know, going to be more of a, uh, you know, non-lethal and like like uh, Steve was saying before, is that you don't get to just keep the loot. You know, you have to, you know, turn it in. It has to be uh, recorded and turned in. It's everything's on, on the books and above board. It's interesting. Very very different than normal pathfinder.
2: Plus it's ab- Absalom, so who knows if this anything in this actually cascades into something else because it's pretty central, uh, even though it's like the backwaters of Absalon. So it'll be... Yeah,
1: that's something else I forgot to mention, that that this adventure does take place during what's called the Radiant Festival. And the Radiant Festival is a festival that occurs once every 100 years in Absalon. And Absalon is the city at the center of the world. It's the largest city in the world of Galarian, the world of Pathfinder. Ironically, there's a lot that has been talked about in Absalon but not a lot has been written or expanded on Absalon even though it's like the biggest city and they're coming out later in this year or next year really of a book that goes into Absalon in extreme detail to the point that the map has every single house every single house in the city of Absalon is actually on the map and you can actually find out what the city is like it's a incredibly detailed world view of Absalon And this adventure takes place in that city, and you're going to get to see... Well, you're going to see a lot of aspects of Absalon. You start off in the Precipice Quarter, which was destroyed by an earthquake 23 years ago, and it's been rebuilt specifically for the Radiant Festival. And the Radiant Festival is basically a World's Fair. Not that they have those anymore, but when I was a kid, they had this thing called the World's Fair, where the, all the countries in the world would get together and show off their wares and try to convince you to come visit them, bring in tourism, things like that. And this this Radiant Festival is exactly that. It's every single corner of the world of Galarian has come to Absalon to show off their part of the world, to to try out their foods, see their cultures, see the cool marvels and inventions they brought with them. And I imagine that nothing will ever go wrong that you are just gonna walk the beat, you're gonna be bored out of your mind, and within three months, because that's how long the adventure goes, you're all gonna have really nice retirements and just settle down into Absalon, and that'll be it. That'll be the adventure. I like it. That's See, the plan. People are perfectly well behaved at Mardi Gras, after
4: all. <laughs> my understanding, my understanding is that uh, after that, uh, as a result of the earthquake that this that uh, the the that, uh, this setting is built upon, uh, they uh, undead are a problem, apparently, right?
1: Yeah, you know, occasionally that's the thing. You know, in our cities, we get rats or mice or cockroaches when you're building a new lot. But in epsilon uh, you get skeletons, ghouls, ghasts, zombies. You know, it's just run of the mill undead because that's what's in the ground. That's what happens.
2: Yeah, well, I, this is I second guys. edition though. Second edition is a pushover. This will be easy. Second of Pathfinder will be easy, right, Steve?
1: Oh yeah, you guys are gonna be absolutely very fine. Forgiving. Very, very
2: forgiving. forgiving, very
1: forgiving, very uh-huh, forgiving. Uh-huh. You guys are gonna have no problem whatsoever. Although I hear the uh, the uh, Edge Watch has a really good health program. And uh, if you contribute 10% of your salary, they'll even res you on Pond Death.
4: So it's like in the old movie uh, Poltergeist, where they built the uh, housing complex on top of a graveyard. Uh, in this, it's like they built Disney World. On top of the same graveyard, and <laughs> yeah. we are and we are the cops yeah. that, that, that have to have to keep the peace while people go look at the attractions and look at the rides while the the uh, while while the trouble is blew, brewing, literally just beneath the surface. We're the trash sweepers. It just has a
1: really good haunted house ride. That's all.
3: From what I understand about Absalon, it is you know this is it's a uh, city that's been built upon city after city, and it's been there's a lot of stuff underneath.
4: A lot of factions and a lot of factions, and a lot of politics. So yeah. it's like that, that's going to be interesting too, because this is going to be uh, this, eventually. This must be uh, a big RP adventure. Like there must be some intrigues between different. Like there must be different factions trying different things, trying trying to do move different stuff in different ways. Well,
3: I plan to be a loose cannon, but who gets things done? <laughs>
4: <laughs> do you play by the
2: rules though no i don't play, play by, by i don't play by the rules Oh, i get results you have to have faith in the system
3: i get chewed up by my captain often i'm is I'm,
1: gonna be the plan <laughs> so one thing i did want to mention is the other reason we're playing this is because we get to try out the new classes and new ancestries from pathfinder including the investigator, because if there was ever an adventure path ever in the history of the world designed for the investigator, this would be it. So we're going to get to see which is often an overlooked type of thing in adventure paths or role playing in general. Like, yes, they could do combat, but really clue finding and solving puzzles and getting the lead and investigating and that is going to be as central as it comes which must make it very exciting for you Jason yeah it's uh, it's going to be interesting because there's there's multiple different flavors of investigator but i went with what's called the empiricist and it's kind of the very you know Sherlock Holmes notice notice every little detail and know that the person has been to Burma because of the scratches on their cane or whatever type investigator. Uh, the other two, there's an, also an alchemist investigator, and there's one that's more of a, a... kind of a coroner type investigator, but it also gives him, you know, be, it also gives the person advantages in combat because they've studied human anatomy or non-human anatomy or whatever. But the empiricist... It's interesting because it has a lot of abilities that are almost like kind of an active, re- active sonar thing where you're walking around and you just notice things, and you notice things that are out of place. Like, oh, that desk drawer is open. I wonder if someone's been rummaging through there. Or there's an ability you could take uh, that lets you have an automatic chance to detect a trap if there's a trap in the new vicinity. And so, you know, it's a cu- it's a class that in a normal dungeon crawl and maybe if you're not doing this stuff where you look for clues it's not that exciting but in a ca- in a campaign like this where you're actually you know unraveling mysteries and looking into things it seemed like it was right up the alley for this so i, I thought it was if i was ever going to try an investigator this was the adventure path to try an investigator with
4: and it does have some combat elements too, right? Like it is, it it, it does have elements like like like, like that uh, like that Sherlock Holmes where he analyzes the the situation and analyzes how the person's fighting, and then it gives him a combat bonus to nice. uh, confront that, right?
1: Yeah, it's specifically called devise a stratagem, um, and basically what it is is you kind of look back and you study the person you're attacking, and then you like use your intelligence for an attack. And it also gives you precision damage like a rogue. So, but you can only you can only do it once a turn. But there are feats to like enhance that a little bit. You can add additional effects like bleeding. You can use that to give advantage to other party members as well. It, it's a tool that you can then extend on and build on. But yeah, it does kind of give you a little bit of combat, a little bit of rogue-like ability. Ah,
4: that's so an intelligence-based rogue. Yes, yeah, an intelligence kind of That's rogue kind of yeah. So it's it's an interesting idea
1: and the nice thing is we're going to get to see you use it pretty much everywhere because that's one more aspect of this all adventures have an aspect of mystery but this one you go in knowing there's going to be mystery there's going to be cases there's going to be leads to chase down things you're going to have to solve and that's like from day one like you know that that this is the whole point of the adventure path So you're going to know that let's not just run in and start killing people. We should start talking to people and checking out the scene and gathering evidence. And it's actually going to be important. It's actually going to be part of the adventure itself, not just something you do to try to get a plus one bonus to attack something. It's no, if you want to actually solve the case, you need to take the steps to solve it. You need to take good notes, apparently.
4: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually why, for, for my guy, uh, being a sorcerer, he's uh, charisma-based. And uh, that's why I, I took all the uh, social interaction skills. Like, like, I, I, like my previous character, he has the uh, intimidation. But in this, he's, he, I, I built him so he could be both the good cop and the bad cop in an in, in interrogation. So he has diplomacy and the intimidation uh, and some also just uh, general knowledge about uh, how to handle himself in a city. So, it's like because it seems like a lot of times the the conversations are going to be as much combat encounters as the combat encounters.
1: yeah, in fact, that's another big aspect is that, unlike other adventures where we tried to do this in the past and it failed, we tried to do this thing where, well, Seth actually <laughs> built a character that would negotiate its way out of combat. The downside of that is that no one got the loot. So yes, you successfully negotiated with the dragons, but then you walk away and no one got the loot. However, with the Lawbreaker badge and some of the changes I made, you will get the loot, which is a big important aspect of Pathfinder. And many, not all, but many of the combat encounters can be worked out using diplomacy. You do not have to fight all the time.
3: Yeah, and the thing about the loot and the gold and stuff—that is interesting with the with the badge—is that um, it does make a lot of sense. You know, because you are you have a job, like you work for a an agency that has a budget, and so it's almost like you're getting commissions. You know, you can get you can earn commissions uh for for doing certain things and you're not like you're like not out in the wild you know yeah so.
4: and i actually i like that it actually has because uh, DD and everything is always, and pathfinder has always been based on a quasi medieval world and there is a like a historical uh element to that like a legitimacy based in the uh, history of how crime and punishment was done in the medieval world where the uh lord of the manor would sit as the judge of a court the, uh, the jury which determined whether or not the, what the factual situation was whether or not the person was guilty or innocent that was made up by the population you know, by, by his tenants but uh, once they, so they would have the power to determine their guilt or innocence but then he would have the power the lord of the matter would have the power to pass judgment and that judgment was usually a fine and that fine did actually go to the lord like, he, like that was his income it was a source of income uh and so this kind of ports that concept puts it in a magic item and sticks it like it sticks it on our vest uh it's a very fascinating uh uh, twist
1: so anyhow i do want to wrap this up since this is an episode zero and we just wanted to give you a taste of what's to come and give you an idea of what you're going to hear in the next well it is an adventure path so it might take a couple years but it should be a lot of fun And one thing I also wanted to mention is that Jason McDonald will be writing a weekly column every week. I imagine we'll probably call it Talking Edge Watch, because that's what we do, where he will recap each episode and what he was thinking and give you a blow-by-blow, play-by-play of what happened behind the scenes, because... Because, yes, you get to listen to the episode, but my favorite thing is actually reading Jason's column. And he does this, by the way. If you go to RollForCombat.com, he's done this for every single show we've ever done. So if you ever have a few weekends to kill, go ahead and read all of his columns. You don't even have to listen to the show if you don't want. You can just read his columns. It'll give you the whole synopsis of every single the podcast. The cliff notes for our the game. cliff notes. There you go. But Jason... Another column for you. Aren't you excited? No, I am. I mean, it's because I I do think this is going to be a campaign where there's going to be a lot of kind of extra subtext that's kind of hiding in the background. And so I think the column would be a good place to bring some of that forward because you're going to have all this detail and all this kind of deep dive stuff that, you know, maybe we're going to have to go back a little bit and say, well, why did we do that? And, And take take a few take a few hundred words to talk about why we did that so I think it'll be I think it's gonna be a fun column to write be sure to include the times that ducky um,
3: runs away from stuff because I'm sure that's gonna probably happen
1: I, I'm sorry I only report the facts and the fact <laughs> that Basil Blackfeather is the hero of the episode right all, and all times
3: <laughs> comes out on top on
4: every episode yes I understand and I'm very curious about John's carpet John is usually He's usually on the wrong side of the law. He is usually the one causing trouble for the for the town guard. And so now being the town guard is 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 his is role play going to be different? Or are we going to still have are we going to still have the antics? Keep one eye on him.
2: Right, Dougie. I think is going to be he'll be the good cop, bad cop in the sense that he thinks he's a good cop, but actually he's not a good cop. He's a bad cop. Uh, uh, and you will see just a boy, I can't really compare him to I, I guess it would be no he's just I don't think you, 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 you would
3: it be Harvey Keitel in bad lieutenant I'm gonna say no, does
2: he aspire no, no, to be no, a
4: bad lieutenant no no no
2: he aspires to be a good cop but he's so ineffective uh that yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to even see if if it plays out
1: you 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 try to do a good job wait who is there bumbling oh no no no, no you're the no, pink no. Panther. You're the Pink Panther. That's what you are. Clouseau. <laughs>
2: Spectre Clouseau. He, he, you know what? He's Yeah, he's Clouseau. He is Clouseau, but he's naive. He's, he, he's basically so naive, he's basically a sheltered kid. And he knows what he's read in the cadet manuals, and he's going to apply that having no read of the room, absolutely no ability to tell whether or not somebody is lying to him. Uh, he is going to be a... That's how he's going to be a bad cop. Not like he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a uh, poor cop or anything. (laughs) Yeah, he's a poor, poor cop. So uh, bad luck to anyone uh, grouped with Dougie. (laughs) (laughs) Bad news for you guys. Looking forward to it.
1: So that actually does sound like a John character. Now I think about it because you you blindly running into situations, not knowing what's happening and not reading the room. That sounds about right. That sounds about right.
2: Yeah, and he has no items or weapons, and he's not going to be really attacking with any abilities. So he's just, and I'm talking melee. Like if he doesn't have range, he's going to charge in to see whatever situation is. So we're going to see. So, so not well, hanging we might be, back not see a things. lot of them. <laughs> he might be sorry, sorry. not
1: hanging, but ba- not hanging back and hitting things with a sling.
2: <laughs> no, no, he, yeah. There's no sling unless he finds a sling. He's uh, he's only going to spend his money on magic items.
3: So, ha! Nice. I like so that. uh,
2: that's everything else he'll have to beg, Use borrow, or what you find. Well, like steal. Well, not steal. Beg, borrow, what you or kill. Uh, just get gratis.
1: So with that, I just wanted to mention one more thing: is that we are playing cops, but we are making sure that everyone is on the side of the law. And we are playing a fantasy version of cops inside of a fantasy city. So although we are talking a little bit about like being bad boys or going against the system, we're being very careful that they are not abusing the system. The adventure is written in such a way that you are supposed to be lawful. You are supposed to be honorable. You are supposed to be protecting and serving and we are going to be playing it that way. And everyone agreed to that ahead of time. So When we do talk about that it's a little tongue-in-cheek because in the end they actually are playing all good characters. And I just want to mention that uh, for those who are interested in how we are running an adventure like this. But with that, I just wanted to thank everyone for listening to Episode Zero. Check out the new show at RollForCombat.com As I said before, it will be coming out, well, weekly, every week. Right now we're planning on it coming out once every Friday. So be on the lookout and check out the show for now in the foreseeable future. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, feel free to go to our Discord channel, just discord.worldforcombat.com. We're all on there, answer questions, talk about the show, you can play games, we discuss spoilers. There's a whole area just for spoilers of the show. And then don't forget, of course, we got tons of other podcasts. We have the Extinction Curse podcast. We have the Fall from Stone podcast. We have the Dead Sons Adventure Path, which we finished. You can listen to that from beginning to end. We have Tales from the Black Lodge, which is our episodic podcast where we did Pathfinder Society. And we even have a few Starfinder Society episodes. And, of course, interviews with people within the industry, mostly Paizo, since we are an officially licensed Paizo product. But... If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be listening and getting tons of stuff for you to listen to. But with that, thanks for listening and we will see you later. Bye all.
3: See yep. ya. Yep.
0: You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com.